This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Let's have some fun on a Tuesday. Yes, it is me, and we're doing a Medal of Honor Tuesday tonight. We didn't get to one, obviously, last night. That's coming up an hour from now. Here's how the show is going to work. I actually have no idea. I hadn't really thought about it until now, but I do know we're going to get to some things here. We have Joe Biden. (laughs) His comments about Martin Luther King are hilarious. Voting rights. I have a good story. You're going to enjoy story time with Jesse. That's going to come up a little over an hour from now. We're going to talk about voting rights. Don't worry. It'll be funny. China. We're going to have to have a hard talk about China. The Warriors owner came out, said something crazy this weekend. Well, you have your emails. I'll probably take some phone calls later on in the show. Don't bother calling now. And an hour and a half from now, we're going to have an attorney. Representing James O'Keefe, the things the FBI is doing, frightening, absolutely frightening. You know James O'Keefe, Project Veritas, the undercover journalist who keeps exposing media companies, pharmaceutical companies. Oh, when you find out what happens, what's happening with him, it's going to make your jaw drop. And that is actually where we're going to begin right now. I have really, really, really good news. And really, really bad news. And I generally, in this situation, I give out the bad news first because I like to just slam you on your face before I pick you up. And then I look like a good guy, Chris. It's called leadership, right? It's called leadership. 
doing it differently tonight. So I, I, there's something we have to talk about. I have a good feeling about what's happening right now in this country. A really, really, really good feeling. And this is what I mean. Setting aside, I'm not even really talking about the Virginia election and New Jersey and school board races we're winning. We're winning. What we've always needed to take this country back from the communists, to gain ground culturally, culturally and all these things, what we've always really needed is more of you. And actually, I'm not trying to pay you a compliment because you know I'm a jerk. We need more people who agree with you, who agree with me, to get involved. You're already involved. You're sitting here listening to the sound of my voice. I'm not worried about you. But I'm worried about your five neighbors who agree with you on the issues. They don't really do politics. Ah, I'm going to watch a game. Ah, we're going to go out. We're gonna, they don't do politics. Oh, that politics is too stressful and yucky. Just normal people. I'm not insulting them. I'm really not. But they're what we've always needed. There's this gigantic army of ours who would fight if they would just wake up. We need them to wake up. We, I know you get frustrated. I get frustrated. We need to shake them awake. Wake up, man. We're in trouble. We've needed those people for so long. They're waking up. The communists are so ravenous now, so aggressive. Joe Biden is so bad. The things happening in this country are so shocking that normal people are waking up. Parents have never flooded into school board meetings in this country. They're flooding them now. How many emails and phone calls do I read you on this show? I'm running for Congress. I'm running for State House. I'm running for City Council. Jesse, I'm running for School Board. Normal people. And they all start the same way. I'm just a normal guy. That's what we need. The normal guy. The normal woman. Well, if there is a normal woman, but you understand what I'm saying. We need that person running, and it's happening. Normal people are seeing what these communists have done to their culture. They're disgusted, and they're waking up. And because of that, I genuinely feel like 2022 is going to be humongous for us. We're seeing numbers, approval numbers, like we haven't seen in 70, 80 years. That's how in the toilet the Communist Party is now. They are done. I think 2024 might go really well, too. Oh, well, I'm gonna, we're going to talk about 2024 tonight, too. Gosh, I have a lot to talk about. Try to remind me to talk about 2024 tonight, Chris. I think that's going to go well, too. I think the Democratic Party is so incredibly lost. They just, they just don't have the ability to tap into how normal people think and realize how horrific they look to everyone else. So instead, with their party in the toilet popular popularity-wise, they're looking around saying, who are these idiot voters of ours? Did President Biden put more effort into getting infrastructure passed, for example? Well, he got infrastructure passed, and that's a good thing, because success can, can breed success. He is putting the full force of the presidency behind it. I think the problem for the Democrats right now is, is not that they have bad leaders. They're bad followers. Okay. Part of the reason I'm so optimistic is not just because normal people like, well, normal people who think like you but aren't active like you, not just because normal people are waking up, not just because the people who believe what you and I believe are waking up. It's because they've never been more asleep. They have never been more asleep. They are so wrapped up in their bubble now. They're so stuck 
in this Democrat bubble, they can't possibly see how nutso they look to everyone else. And we've talked about this before. If you are one of these people, well, I'm going to use her as an example, and I, I, I'm i actually for once not picking on her. I'm going to use Jen Psaki as an example, you know, the, the ginger that works for Joe Biden. Let's say you're Jen Psaki, and this is not me picking on her, but let's say you're Jen Psaki. You're the press secretary of the president of the United States of America. That's a big deal. You give press conferences almost every day speaking to the nation. Those clips in your in your press conference will be run nationwide. I have some Jen Psaki I'm going to play for you here tonight. Not quite yet. I don't need it yet. But you're Jen Psaki. What's your life like? Just your day-to-day general life if you're Jen Psaki. And no, I obviously don't know her personally. You almost undoubtedly live in Washington, D.C. or Northern Virginia, to be honest, that she lives in Northern Virginia. But let's say you live in D.C. or Northern Virginia. You, that's that's There's no doubt about that. Okay. So what kind of people are around you at all times? Do you know Washington, D.C. votes, I believe, 92% Democrat? Every single person you encounter is a Democrat. Everyone. Everyone. Where you work, if you go to church, which I doubt she does, but if you go to church, where, every single person you encounter is a Democrat. Okay, that already, that, that's quite a bubble. Then you go to work, you're Jen Psaki, you go to work, and now you're not just dealing with Democrats, now you're dealing with Democrat activists. You have this communist who works for Biden, and this communist who works for Biden, and this communist who works for Biden. Oh, and your new crop of interns. Oh, look, we have a new crop of 18-year-old communists who want to learn how to be better communists and work in the government like us. Okay, that's bad. All right, but Jen Psaki does go home at the end of the day. Or goes on social media, is she listening to the Jesse Kelly show right now? I would venture to guess no. What's Jen Psaki watching? CNN, MSNBC, probably watches The View during the day, probably watches, look, even if it's the big networks, NBC, ABC, CBS, they're just as bad. Jen Psaki's tuning into that. So Jen Psaki has no idea about the real world and doesn't have any way to find out about it. And because of that, it's not just that Democrats are down, it's that they're aiming down and there's no indication, zero indication out there that they're going to bounce back up. Nothing. It's not as if there's any major player in the Democratic Party saying, uh, guys, Hold on. We've gone way out of bounds here. We're completely out of touch with America. We need to re we have to re-message everything. We need to we need to really change direction. No, Joe Biden's out there today talking about Jim Crow 2.0. A speech that was so divisive and terrible that even Jen Psaki, of all people, she's a paid propagandist, even she had a difficult time defending it when asked about it. You know, the president delivered a powerful speech about uh, the protection of people's fundamental rights in this in this country, which is their right to vote, their right to uh, to vote for anyone they choose, whether it is him or someone else. It was not a partisan speech. It was intended to lay out for the public exactly what's at stake and lay out for elected officials what's at stake. It wasn't partisan. It's just that everyone who disagrees with us believes in Jim Crow and the segregation of black people. What's your problem? <laughs> They're so blind that even even other Democrats said, uh, what? That was really divisive. That was terrible. 
Even the units in the Republican Party who side with the Democrats all the time, even they came out and said, well, I, I really disliked icky Trump, but that was too gross. But they can't see. So that's the good news. And it is very good news. There's a good chance by 2024, there's a good, good chance, you realize this, that we have possibly a supermajority in the House, Senate, and possibly the presidency of the United States of America. That's huge. That's enormous. That's, I mean, for a lot of people, you would look around and you'd think, that's everything we ever wanted, right? But there is bad news to go with it. And it is very bad news. And I'll tell you in just a second. Now listen, you need to teach your child certain things. You already know this. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. You need to teach your child manners. You need to teach your child how to ride a bike. You need to teach your child to swim. You need to teach your child things. One thing that I have failed at trying to get better, if I'm being totally honest, is making sure I'm trying to teach my sons how to think. And that's a difficult thing, right? That's a different thing. How do you teach them how to think? Well, I have a tool that I think will probably help you out. Annie's Genius Box is what it's called. My boy spent the weekend with his. They send you one every month. Kid opens it up. There's a top secret mission envelope in there. And then all these little baggies with wires and batteries and tapes and things like that. Your kid has to open up the top secret mission. And then it's instructions for how to build the hovercraft or robot or something like that in there. It teaches them imagination. It teaches them critical thinking. Go to annieskitclubs.com slash radio and you'll save 75% off your first box. That's annieskitclubs.com slash radio. Fighting for your freedom every day. USA! USA! The Jesse Kelly Show. Jesse Kelly show. I told you it was going to be a good night. I can't wait to get to my story. My, my, my story time with Jesse, Chris, no, hear me out here. Hear me out. We need a, a, what do you call those audio things that you get ready for the show? Uh, the, like how you do uh, headlines, headlines. I didn't get to where some guy with a really good voice headlines. I didn't get to or whatever it is. What are those called? They're called segues. I want a segue for story time. Why can't, why? I understand I casually slip into them and don't plan them out. This one is planned. You never know. I might start planning, Chris. I want a Segway. Oh, and I want one of those real ones that you drive around. I think I could do one of those, but I need it. You know, we're not going into that right now. I have story time with Jesse coming up in just a little bit. It's one you will probably enjoy, almost undoubtedly enjoy. But first, as I said, I have good news and I have bad news. Good news and bad news. The good news is I'm very, very excited about the state of the nation, about, well, the direction of the nation. I think there's a good chance normal people are waking up. They see the destruction out there. I think there's a good chance we're sitting on a majority after 2022, possibly a supermajority after 2024 with the presidency. All that is very, very, very good news. But I promise bad news too, and here it is. Over the weekend, uh, terrorists stormed into a synagogue. I know you know the story by now. Stormed into a synagogue in Texas, took some hostages, 
The hostages managed to free themselves, threw a chair at the guy, ran out the door, the guy's dead, so on and so forth. The guy obviously wanted somebody freed. Her name, well, her nickname, I should say, Lady Al-Qaeda. That's the woman the guy wanted freed. The suspect stormed the congressional Beth Israel in Colleyville for Aifa Siddiqui, a known terrorist who was incarcerated at Carswell Air Force Base near Fort Worth, and he was demanding her release. Okay, so a terrorist stormed in and grabbed a bunch of Jews and demanded, quote, Lady Al-Qaeda, I didn't name her, demanded Lady Al-Qaeda be released. Keep in mind that uh, Aifa, at one point in time, she demanded every jury member in her trial get a DNA test, which you might say, okay, Jesse, I don't see what the big deal is. Wants to make sure they don't have hepatitis or something or whatever carries in DNA, but that was actually not it at all. She wanted to make sure there weren't any Jews. Okay, so the situation gets resolved. The Federal Bureau of Investigation steps up to the microphone as they do on nights like this. And after everything I just told you, the Federal Bureau of Investigation said this. Uh, we, we, we do believe from our engagement with this subject that he was singularly focused on one issue uh, and it was not specifically related to the Jewish community, uh, but we're continuing to work to find motive and, and we will continue on that path. Okay, I'm not going to do what you've already heard a thousand times. I'm not going to say what you've heard said a thousand times. That's crazy. We know the motivation. It's terrorism. I, 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 you got all that. You, you know all that. That's, I'm, you're not an idiot. I am going to say this, and I need you to hear me loud and clear, okay? This might be, you know I don't do anything important on the show. This might be the most important thing I've ever done on the show. The administrative state has the power to destroy your life. I need every single person listening to understand this and feel it in their bones. NSA, CIA, DOJ, FBI, ATF, IRS, you pick it. If any one of these organizations, let alone multiple, were to set their sights on you, they could destroy your life easily. And don't do the naive thing, well, I haven't done anything wrong. Get serious. Open up a history book. It would take nothing for them to wreck your life. And I mean every possible way. Financially, gone. Wife leave you. Husband leave you. Gone. Kids think the worst about you. Gone. Lose your job. Gone. These organizations have that power. They have been given that power in this society. The administrative state hates your guts, and they have their sights aimed at you and only at you. We have now spent years filling up the administrative state with committed communists. You've seen this time and time and time and time again. You watched Donald Trump get elected in 2016. Woohoo! Make America great again. We got a new direction, baby. We had the House, we had the Senate, did almost nothing for those two years and nothing for the entirety of the four. Why? The administrative state decided to throw landmines and roadblocks in front of every single thing Donald Trump tried to do. Every single thing. 
It doesn't matter. Yeah, all that good news. We're going to have it all by 2024. Joe Biden's going to spend the next four years strengthening their hold on the administrative state. And here is the bad news. That actually wasn't the bad news. Here's the bad news. Not that you have a hyperpartisan FBI, NSA, CIA. Do I need to remind you once again, the NSA spied on Tucker Carlson's text messages and emails and then released those findings privately, of course, because they're not officially allowed to do this, to a media outlet who published them to try to destroy him. They can destroy you. They can destroy me like that. They have that power. But that's not the bad news. The bad news is this. How many Republicans are talking about it? I hear all kinds of things about uh, vaccines or no vaccines or restrictions and taxes and spending in the border and Afghanistan and inflation. And I hear all the normal things. What I don't hear are Republicans who are interested in stopping the NKVD before they knock on your door. If we have an FBI with its sights aimed at you and people who think like you, that is the most dangerous thing going on in the country right now. The most dangerous thing. Nothing else matters unless we get that fixed. Oh, I have an email on this. Hang on, I'll explain. Jesse Kelly show. And I realized that was dark. I just have one more thing on it. Remember, we're going to do Medal of Honor Tuesday here about 30 minutes from now. 10 minutes from now. I don't know when. When are we doing it, Chris? I don't know. At the bottom of the hour. No, top of the hour. You can't keep. It's hard to keep track of this bottom top of the hour stuff. Whatever, Chris. Anyway, I'm going to I'm going to get off this. We're going to do story time with Jesse here in about 30 seconds. But I got this email. I was just going off about good news and bad news. The good news is we are going to win a bunch of elections. The Democrat Party is lost, going downhill. Good chance we have everything in 2022-2024. We are not going to have the administrative state that has the power to destroy your life until we get a handle on that, whether that means disbanding, massively reforming, nothing else matters. They're going to be in a better position by 2024 to destroy the next Republican than they were last time when they destroyed Donald Trump. I have this email, Jay Steele. You had a New York police officer call the show on Thursday, imploring your listeners to back the blue as the communists try to defend them in crime sores. I'm sorry that ship has sailed. Every report and video of police officers harassing and arresting common citizens in cities for the crime of being unvaxxed or not carrying their papers undermines their cause. If they want my backing, they and their unions need to stand up to their tyrannical mayors and governors and refuse. Until then, they're no better than the Nazis who claim to be just following orders. He says, I can say his name. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say it again. This goes well beyond the FBI. Let's talk about the NYPD. What have you heard me yelling for the last, I mean, gosh, since everybody decided that the cops were the enemy and they were defunding the police and Bill de Blasio was screwing over the NYPD, what have you heard me saying about what's coming? You're going to have a corrupt, terrible police force. I, I, and I don't know why people are so afraid to say that. I, I don't know why. 
The NYPD has long been, honestly, the example to the world of what a police force should be. Countries around the world study the NYPD. First, you get a mayor in there who dumps all over the cops, craps on the cops every chance he gets, Bill de Blasio. Then what? Then you have all that Black Lives Matter Antifa filth, all the defund the police stuff. Now, you're not only taking away the plainclothes units, you're springing criminals free. Instantly. And I don't mean to pick on New York. You're springing criminals free. So you have these cops, you have the cops out there tracking down the bad guys, putting cuffs on the bad guys, pressing charges, and all of a sudden the bad guy they just got, he's out on the streets in 24 hours. Okay, how's that make you feel if you're a committed NYPD cop trying to stop crime and protect people? Feel like your job's useless? You ever felt like that before? I felt like that most of my life because most of my jobs were useless. They ever feel like that? It's a terrible feeling. And then, on top of all this, the vaccine mandate comes down. All the city workers, they got to be vaccinated. Okay, so you're a New York cop. The mayor already hated you. Then they defunded you. Then they took away the plainclothes units. Then they turned loose all the criminals you just arrested. Now they're telling you to inject this in your body or you're fired. Well, what have I been warning? You know I've been warning about it for a year. What have I been saying? You're going to end up with a corrupt, disgusting police force because the good guys are going to leave. No matter what, you're never going to eliminate the police. There's going to be a police force. What's going to happen is the smart, talented people who pack it, who want to solve crime, who want to protect the innocent, who want a little action. Yeah, I know how you think. I love it. I dig it. They're not going to stand for that. You're not going to be a cop in New York. And again, I don't want to pick on New York. Pick your city. Philly, Baltimore, Chicago, anywhere. They're going to, they're going to pack up and leave. Okay, so if there are, and I realize the number is a lot bigger than this, if there are 100 cops in the NYPD and you manage to run out the top 40% of them, they either retire or they retire and take a private sector job, or they retire just from the NYPD, and they go to someplace like Texas or Florida or one of those things. Remember, I live in Houston. Houston's a major city. When all those idiotic cities like New York were defunding the cops, Houston, which is not exactly some far right-wing city, they put out a public notice and said, hey, you don't feel appreciated there, cops? Come on down to Houston. We appreciate you here. They got a massive influx of cops, talented cops. Okay, so if you add 100 cops, then let's say we need 100 cops on the NYPD, and you lose the top 40, the talented people, the people who want to solve crime, now you're left with the 60% who aren't exactly the cream of the crop. Oh, but wait, there's more. You still need 100 cops. So you got to go digging. Who's joining the NYPD right now? And this is how this ends. Here's how this ends. You end up with a police force full of corrupt losers, full of idiots and corrupt losers. And then cops become everything people who badmouth cops say they are. I mean, I, I don't necessarily agree with every part of this email, but the point remains. I've seen the same videos too. NYPD cops standing in restaurants harassing families, handcuffing people for eating at Olive Garden, accosting seven-year-olds for eating in Burger King unvaccinated. Cops don't have a lot of friends left. 
There are going to be fewer and fewer friends left if this kind of idiocy continues. But this kind of idiocy is going to continue because the communists are doing a soft purge of the police departments and the military. They don't look at some cop who's tired of this crap and he's packing it up and he, he's, he's moving to Alabama where he'll be appreciated. They don't look at that and think, oh, dang, we lost Ray. He was such a good cop. He had so much experience. I, uh, I can't believe we lost Ray. They don't think like that. They look at that cop and they say, oh, nice. We had a cop who thought for himself. We had a cop who wouldn't enforce crazy laws and rules. We had a cop who was out there wanting to actually arrest the bad guys who we actually want on the street hurting people. Oh, thank goodness Ray's gone. Let's get him out of there. Hey, can we get can we get some lick spittle idiot in here? No, no, no. We'll get him through the academy. We'll put a badge on him. Guess what? That loser, he's going to do everything we want him to do. Remember when I did that show? I think it was last week or week before. I just did a wee little history segment. Don't worry. You didn't miss out on much. I did a little history segment on the Reichstag fire when Hitler burnt down Congress as a pretext to you know, crush all his political enemies in the country. Remember what happened? Remember what took place right before the Reichstag fire? Nazis took over the Department of the Interior in Germany and promptly looked around and said, Oh, all you political enemies of ours, uh, you're gone. Uh, you're all fired. Oh, hey, look, we don't have enough policemen in this country. Looks like we'll have to hire our people for the job. And they promptly stepped in and started stomping all over human rights. It's what's going on. It's what's happening right now. And like I said, this goes far, far beyond New York. This goes nationwide. Talented people, talented people, really, really, really talented people, smart cops, they're not going to stay in the NYPD. They'll be walking a safe beat in Boca Raton. Meanwhile, you're going to get some corrupt jerk with a badge who wants to work for this guy. Human beings do well when they have carrot and stick. So a mandate helps people to realize it's time. Smart, talented people don't want to work for that person. Smart, talented people would never in a million years work for that person. Okay, now expand that nationally. What do you think we have going on in this country right now? What do you think's happening at the Federal Bureau of Investigation, at the NSA, at the CIA? This is a huge deal. Do you remember? Do you remember that CIA ad that they ran? The new CIA ad? Remember, the CIA is the most powerful spy agency in the world. Maybe you forget it. Maybe you didn't hear it. I'll tell you what. I, we'll dig it up. I'm going to play you the new CIA recruitment ad, and then you're going to know how much trouble we're in. Then you're going to finally know. Now, the country may be in trouble, uh, but my house smells good. <laughs> what, Chris? Look, look, you know, I've, everyone makes fun of me for it. In the past, I've struggled with allergies. When I, when I was a kid, I guess I should say, my eyes would just burn and itch all the time. It always drove me crazy. So I always had an air purifier, one of those big towers. You probably have one that does that in the corner, takes up a bunch of room. And then a buddy told me about Eden Pure. And I go get it. And when I first got it, I'll be honest, I thought, how's this thing going to work? It's just this little black thing. It doesn't take up any space at all. It goes right in the outlet in the wall. I bought one. Yeah, it works so well. I have three now. I don't even own allergy medication anymore. All in the air, it doesn't cover up smells. It eliminates them. That's why it's called a thunderstorm. It does in your home the same thing nature does after a thunderstorm. It cleans the air. 
Go to EdenPureDeals.com and use the code JESSE3. That's JESSE and the number three. You can get a three-pack and save $200 on it. EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE3. The Jesse Kelly Show. On air and online at jessekellyshow.com. And the music's all right. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and I told you it was going to be a good night tonight. We have Medal of Honor Tuesday coming up about 10 minutes from now. Remember, I have James O'Keefe. He's with Project Veritas, as you probably know, doing all the undercover work, finding out what's going on in media rooms, what's going on at pharmaceutical companies. Speaking of the administrative state, the FBI went after him. We have his attorney coming on about 45 minutes from now. The things she's going to tell you, they're going to frighten you. The administrative state becoming an enforcement arm for the Democratic Party is the most dangerous thing going on in the United States of America. It's more dangerous than the border. It's more dangerous than inflation. It's more dangerous than the debt. It's more dangerous than anything. Why? Because these are the people who can destroy you. They have the power to wreck your life. If the FBI decides to aim their sights on me, I'm done. And by the way, they might. I realize that. I have people, uh, people who would know texting me a lot saying, hey, be careful, be careful. Hey, you're, you're being pretty loud about this. I don't care. Come destroy me. Fine, I'll go do something else. I'll do, but understand that applies to all of us. They have the power to destroy you. They have the power to destroy me. And do you want to hear what kind of people they're recruiting right now? What kind of people are occupying these positions of power? I'm going to play for you something. And on my life, this is real. You're going to think it's a parody or something I came up with or Chris came up with to try to mock the CIA. What I'm about to play for you, you maybe have heard it before, is a recruitment ad for the Central Intelligence Agency. They go around at universities, oftentimes, quote, elite universities, and they try to recruit people to join the Central Intelligence Agency. Would you like to know what kind of people are currently filling the halls of the most powerful spy agency in the world, the one that can wreck you if you want, if, if they decide to? Here, take a listen. Keep in mind, by the way, this is a little bit long. I don't even know that I'm going to cut in. It's way longer than I'm going to play. It's somehow that I normally play. It somehow gets worse and worse and worse as it goes along. When I was 17, I quoted Zora Neale Hurston's How It Feels to Be Colored Me in my college application essay. The line that spoke to me stated simply, I am not tragically colored. There is no sorrow damned up in my soul nor lurking behind my eyes. I do not mind at all. At 17, I had no idea what life would bring, but Sora's sentiment articulated so beautifully how I felt as a daughter of immigrants then and now. Nothing about me was or is tragic. I am perfectly made. I can wax eloquent on complex legal issues in English while also belting Guayaquil de mis amores in Spanish. I can change a diaper with one hand and console a crying toddler with the other. I am a woman of color. I am a mom. I am just a pause it real quick. I, pause it real quick. I just want to uh, tell you just a real quick story. I'm, I'm uh, just just a very brief story. Do you want to know what other spy agencies? You want to know what they do? You want to know what they're doing? I'm going to skip over the details because it's a bunch of names that I can't pronounce. But Israel, 
you know, they have a fairly aggressive spying program. They spy on everyone, including us, by the way, but they have a fairly aggressive spying program there, understandably so. Do you want to know there was a general? General they had a major problem with. He was running his mouth a lot about things he was going to do to Israel. Well, they sent out a couple scuba divers out in the middle of the lake. Now, why the middle of a lake? It was more of a bay, I guess I should say. The middle of a bay. Well, he had a gigantic mansion, and he loved to go out on his patio and smoke cigars. These two Israeli scuba divers went out, under the water, obviously, and then they inflated a little mini raft underneath them that allowed them to barely crest the surface, just barely, almost like a crocodile. They they rose themselves up, raised themselves up, I'm sorry, to the surface, and then they shot him in the face. And then they lowered back down underneath the water and swam back out to a waiting boat where they sailed off and they were gone. China's training right now to do that to you. Russia is training right now to do that to you. Your CIA, well, this is what they're going after. Of color, I am a mom. I am a cisgender millennial who's been diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. Pause real quick. I don't even know what those words mean. I don't even know what those words mean. Anyway, continue, Chris. But my existence is not a box-checking exercise. I am a walking declaration. A woman whose inflection does not rise at the end of her sentences, suggesting that a question has been asked. I did not sneak into CIA. My employment was not and is not the result of a fluke or slip through the cracks. I earned my way in, and I earned my way up the ranks of this organization. I am educated, qualified, and competent, and sometimes I struggle. I struggle feeling like I could do more, be more to my two sons, and I struggle leaving the office when I feel there's so much more to do. I used to struggle with imposter syndrome, but at 36, I refuse to internalize misguided patriarchal ideas of what a woman can or should be. I am tired of feeling like I'm supposed to apologize for the space I occupy rather than intoxicate people with my effort, my brilliance. I am proud of me, full stop. My parents left everything they knew and loved to expose me to opportunities they never had. Because of them, I stand here today a proud... You got it. You got it. And I could play you another one. You know what? I may do it later on in the show. It's too long to play now, Chris. No, no, you know what I'm talking about, too, the Army recruiting ad. It's actually worse than the CIA recruiting ad. There's nothing more dangerous going on in the country than the administrative state being occupied by communists. I don't care whether we're talking about the NYPD, FBI, CIA, NSA. There's nothing more dangerous in the country in an administrative state with the power to wreck your life. No, no, you know what? Forget about you. Forget about me. Who are we? We're nobodies, right? The administrative state ended the presidency of Donald Trump. It shackled every single thing he tried to do. Wrap your mind around that. Unelected bureaucrats stopped Donald Trump's agenda in its tracks. Wrap your mind around that. Now, accept this, Joe Biden and the communists around him, they're going to spend the next four years packing the CIA, NSA, FBI, DOJ, IRS with more committed communists than there were there even before. 
So we're going to get an even more aggressive strain of communism from America's administrative state at the end of this four years. That is the bad news. Where are the Republicans talking about this? I understand we're starting to get some hearings, and that's important. The public is waking up. Where are the Republicans running on this? Golly, we need some backbone. We do. We need some backbone. And I'll tell you what. People ask me why I talk about chalk all the time, C-H-O-Q, because that is the reason we're failing. We don't have backbone. We have a bunch of weak, effeminate men in this country now. It is true, and you know it's true. It's the reason we fail. It's the reason no one gets held to account for anything. By the way, have you heard they have a (laughs) – it's awesome. They have a male vitality stack at chalk.com right now. It's Chalk Daily, Tomcat 100, and Ashwagandha. It's incredible. And they have the stack already ready for you so you don't have to go bounce around in choq.com. It's already right there for you. And I'm telling you, I've been taking this stuff for two months. The difference in energy, focus, mood is incredible. Fellas, go get a male vitality stack at choq.com. Use the code JESSE for 30% off. Chalk.com, promo code JESSE. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Half hour from now, we're going to have James O'Keefe's lawyer. What is the FBI doing that's going to make your jaw drop? But first, it's going to be story time with Jesse here in a minute. So just, just bear with me a second. I do believe, though, we missed an important mark because I wasn't here yesterday. We missed Medal of Honor Monday for you new listeners. Medal of Honor Monday is not complicated. It's simply this. Every single Monday, which is yesterday, just stay with me, which is yesterday, we take a Medal of Honor citation and we read it. That's it. Nothing special. Nothing complicated about it. We don't do anything right on this show except for this. It's the one thing all week. We take a man, we take his deeds, and we read it out loud so the country knows about it. It is not enough to know these exist. We have to read them. We have to read them to our kids. We have to let people know these are the men our culture is supposed to emulate. Not not, not the actors and athletes and all the other idiots we tend to emulate. These are the guys. These are the ones. All right? So without further ado, let's go once again to the Korean War. I'm on a Korean War kick and talk about Mr. Hector Albert Cafferata Jr. Ready? Aim. Honoring those who went above and beyond. It's Medal of Honor Monday. This is November 28th, 1950, by the way. For conspicuous gallantry and intrepidity at the risk of his life above and beyond the call of duty while serving as a rifleman with Company F, that's Fox Company, in action against enemy aggressor forces. When all other members of his fire team became casualties, creating a gap in the lines during the initial phase of the vicious attack launched by a fanatical enemy of regimental strength against his company's hill position, Private Cafferata waged a lone battle with grenades and rifle fire as the attack gained momentum and the enemy threatened penetration through the gap and endangered the integrity of the entire defensive perimeter. 
making a target of himself under devastating fire from automatic weapons, rifles, grenades, and mortars. He maneuvered up and down the line and delivered accurate and effective fire against the onrushing force, killing 15, wounding many more, and forcing the others to withdraw so that reinforcements could move up and consolidate the position. Again fighting desperately against a renewed onslaught later that same morning when a hostile grenade landed in a shallow entrenchment occupied by wounded Marines, Private Caffarata rushed into the gully under heavy fire, seized the deadly missile in his right hand, and hurled it free of his comrades before it detonated, severing one part of one finger and seriously wounding him in the right arm, right hand and arm. Courageously ignoring the intense pain, he staunchly fought on until he was struck by a sniper's bullet, then forced to submit to evacuation for medical treatment. Stout-hearted and indomitable, Private Caffarata, by his fortitude, great personal valor, and dauntless perseverance in the face of almost certain death, saved the lives of several of his fellow Marines and contributed essentially to the success achieved by his company in maintaining its defensive position against tremendous odds. His extraordinary heroism throughout was in keeping with the highest traditions of U.S. Naval Service. And... As is often the case, allow me to ad-lib just a little bit here because they actually undersold this a touch. He was known as Big Heck. Hector Caffarotta was known as Big Heck. He was, for a Marine, a giant. He was 6'3", in a beefy 6'3". He was a football player. He also grew up hunting. His old man taught him how to hunt. Grew up how to hunt. He grew up hunting. The guy knew his weapons. So, football player, knew his weapons, but... A bit of a rough Marine. They called him the biggest beep up in the company. That's what he was known as. This is the guy. He'd show up to formation with his uniform jacked up. He's that guy. He was the guy. He got put on all the crappy details because he was considered to be worthless, so on and so forth. Now, let's fast forward to Korea. I've been telling you plenty about Korea, so I don't need to go into it again. Marines get sucked into being up by Chosen Reservoir. Temperature drops into to, to degrees you've never experienced in your life. Even I've never experienced them in my life in Montana. Fox Company finds themselves dug in on a hill. The story of Korea is all these separate units dug in separately, just being under relentless, withering human wave assaults from the Chinese. Fox Company gets dug in on this hill. Well, Big Heck, he digs in with his friend. He ended up, I believe they were both from, gosh, I'm going to screw this up. I think they were both from New Jersey. Don't quote me on that. I think they were both from New Jersey. Either way, he had a friend from his home state, and they were buddies. They were, they, they were inseparable buddies. Total opposites, but inseparable buddies. That night, the first night when the Chinese began to invade, almost right away, his friend who wore glasses, wham, gets hit by a Chinese grenade. But hold on, let's pause on that for a second. They were asleep in their sleeping bags. Something seemed wrong to Big Heck. He popped up in his sleeping bag, and he's staring. I mean, talk about the stuff from the movies. He's staring at five Chinese guys walking towards him and his sleeping buddy in the sleeping bag. He grabs his rifle. This is in the middle of the night. Again, this is the hunter. Pop, 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 pop. Drops all five of them right away. Hits his buddy and says, get up, dude. We got to fight. Heck gets out in this this snowy thing, in this snowy mountain, snowy thing, snowy mountain, 
He doesn't have his shoes on. He's in his socks. He doesn't have time to put his shoes on. Chinese grenade comes in, blows up in his buddy's face. Remember, his buddy wears glasses. Blows the glass into his eyes. Grenade shrapnel into his eyes. Don't worry, don't worry. worry. He saved his eyesight. Just hang on. But for that moment, he had so much blood and shrapnel in his eyes, his friend could no longer see. They were the only people in that part of the line. So get this story. Big Heck proceeds to stand there by his friend smoking Chinese commies all night long as they come up the hill. His friend, just in the dark, in the freezing cold, can't see, learns how to reload the mags with his eyes closed in the night and spent the night sitting by Big Heck reloading mags and handing to him while Big Heck is murking Chinese commies the whole night long. Oh, wait, it gets better. That little story about the grenades and throwing grenades back. Oh, yeah. One grew up, one blew up in his hand, and he had to shoot left-handed the rest of the night, which he still did. But there's more. You see the Chinese lined up below them and started chucking grenades up there. Big Heck didn't think he could catch them all and throw them all back, so he picks up an E-tool. It's a little, a little shovel, a miniature shovel, about two, three feet long. He baseball bats the grenades out of the air, multiple grenades out of the air. It's a true story. Back down towards the Chinese communists who were chucking them at him. And it wasn't 15 Chinese guys he killed. It was closer to 50 at least. By the time they showed up to get him the next morning, his feet were a frozen block of ice. And he had a bullet in his lung from a Chinese sniper. But he was already a legend in the Marine Corps by the time they showed up. He had no idea. He had no idea. They were calling him Ted Williams and all these other things because he was baseball batting grenades back down towards the Chinese communists. That's the real story right there. Like I said, these are the men we need to honor. These the, the, the guys like that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Went on, by the way. Did live. He lived, he went on, and gosh, I'm doing this off the top of my head. I believe he went and ran a, uh, not a liquor store, he went and ran some kind of shop, had a great, had a very successful long life, just know that. He went on, lived through Korea, had a successful long life. I think he may have lost some toes to frostbite, if I remember right, but understandable, right? So that's pretty stinking cool. All right. Chris, I want you to do me a favor. Now, I'm about to play for you something. It's a group of people walking up to the steps of the Capitol. This happened today. And they're communist protesters protesting in the name of voting rights. It's number 14, Chris. Just play it briefly. They're up here singing these songs. Play it, Chris. Okay, so bear with me. It's not that I'm going to pay any credence to a bunch of communists singing these slave songs and freedom songs and things like that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing that. But it did, as I, as I watched them play it, it had a funny story. It, it prompted a funny story, at least to me, to pop in my head. I'm going to get to that funny story in just a second. couple things. One, my TV show's on tonight on the first TV Download the first TV app. It's free, 9 p.m. Eastern time. My show's on Monday through Friday. So you can watch me and hear me, Chris. That's one. Two. I love your emails about Pure Talk. I love them. We, we showed up to a bunch more today. Apparently, a bunch of you went out on Friday and got a Pure Talk phone. Look, you want to keep that phone in your hands? Fine. It's easy. You want to keep your phone number? 
That's easy, too. You want a new phone, new number? That's easy, too. When I tell you to switch from your mobile carrier to Pure Talk, it's not only because Pure Talk actually loves the country and your mobile carrier probably hates it. It's easy. It, it, it is very, very easy. It's a phone call. It is a phone call, and it's all done by mail. It, it, it couldn't possibly be more easy. There's no trouble involved. Don't believe me? Call them. You'll see. Oh, by the way, you're going to speak to an American when you call them. How about that? From your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say Jesse Kelly. That's pound 250. Say Jesse Kelly. Quit throwing your money at these communist companies. Give your mobile money you spend every month to a patriotic company. Pound 250. Say Jesse Kelly. Jesse Kelly. Back soon. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and we have James O'Keefe's attorney coming up about 10 minutes from now. You're not going to believe the crap the FBI, the liberal media, they're pulling out there. Remember something, like I told you at the beginning of the show, the most dangerous thing out there right now, the most dangerous thing by a mile, is the administrative state in this country being taken over by card-carrying communists who want to destroy you. But before we get to any more of that ugliness, Chris, would you do me a favor and play these voting rights protesters? Apparently, they're they're doing a hunger, hunger strike on the Capitol. We will overcome. We will overcome. Chris, that's not the same one, but that's hilarious. All right, you know what? Same difference. It doesn't matter for the purpose of my story. We're going to ignore voting rights for now. I'll get to that in a little while. No one's no one's vote. No one doesn't have the right to vote. So let's just stop there. But anyway. I just got done with Marine Corps boot camp. This is obviously years ago. And when you're done with Marine Corps boot camp, you get about 10 days home. At least that's how it was then. Things may have changed. I don't know. But how it was then was you get about 10 days, go back home, see the family, get fattened up. I gained 10 pounds in 10 days. I gra- Oh, Chris, I graduated boot camp. I was 6'5", 175 pounds. They put me on double rations halfway through. I was just burning through. You just burn through calories. You know, you're working out all day. So you get home, work out, eat everything you can you can find, but then you got to go back, and you don't go back and go right to what's called the fleet or the normal Marine Corps. You have a secondary school, and it depends on what you do. That depends on the school. Now, every single grunt does S-O-I, it's called, School of Infantry. We come up with our own acronyms, no big deal. What, Chris? If you're if you're a pogue, if you're a person other than grunt, you have a condensed, like, 10-day school where they'll teach you, you know, some basic stuff, but, but that's not, not to rip on them. They have to teach you other things. If you're an aircraft mechanic, I can't be teaching you how to throw grenades for 30 days. we got to go teach you how to be an aircraft mechanic, that kind of thing. But for grunts, that is your job. There is no second school. So you have to go to Camp Pendleton, or at least we did, And they assign you to these school of infantry platoons. And it's pretty much like boot camp part two. People don't know about it. It's much more physically grueling than boot camp ever was. It's brutal. I mean, you're on pack runs and everything else. It's brutal. But they're teaching you how to be a Marine. I mean, do you know how to patrol? Do you know how to uh, shoot weapons? Do you know how to blow people up with claymores? Do you know how to throw a grenade? Do you know the proper... I mean, those are things people don't know. I didn't know. You don't, you don't know. What, Chris? Uh, Chris asked, then, what's the point of boot camp? It's to teach you how to be a Marine. 
how to follow orders, how to follow uniform standards, how to uh, that's that's more the, to take you from being they they view it as taking you from being a dirty civilian to a marine. That's how that's the point of Marine Corps boot camp. SOI is to teach you how to actually be one, how to how to how to do that stuff. Well, they obviously try to make it as miserable as possible. You're still not exactly treated well. I mean, they, they, I'm not complaining. You're just not treated well. They're screaming at you. You're, 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 you're getting in trouble the whole time. That's the way it is. But they are teaching you how to do, how to operate, how to stay alive. Part of this is teaching people how to dig fighting holes. I've explained this before on the show. A fighting hole, It's there are two men per fighting hole in the Marine Corps. You would essentially just set up a perimeter. You would space out your fighting holes, and you would dig straight down until the hole is about, oh, your chest height. And then you'd put some more dirt or sandbags in front of it, whatever you could do to keep from getting shot in the face. And then it allows you to stand there and shoot from your hole. That's really that's the, that's the idea. Well, <laughs> since it's the Marines... They decide to make this particular night as miserable as possible. First, no, this is this is this really makes it great. The night before, they take us all out to the field and it's freezing and it's raining. They make us put up our I'll just call them tents for you. They make us put up our tents. They weren't really tents, but they make us put up our tents in basically a valley, a little mud bog. They had a gigantic tent with a warmer in it. Up on top. Oh, I know, Chris. It's the best. It makes me laugh thinking about it now. Not only was their tent huge with the warmer in it, they had a wood floor and that these are all the instructors and they brought booze. So what happened that night and they couldn't control the weather, but they just let us suffer. Not only were they teaching you how to build a proper structure above you, you were supposed to dig a trench around it to keep the water from flowing in. The rain begins to dump. And it's freezing, and the valley begins to fill up with water. Your trench, I don't care how deep your trench was, quickly filled up, and it started spilling over into the tent. Again, I'm just going to call them the tents. One guy, remember my boy, he was so tired, he didn't wake up. We went and opened up the flaps, and his whole thing was full of water, and he was basically laying in it still in his sleeping bag. Bro, you got to get up. So that was the night before. We were already freezing. Everything we owned was wet and cold. And look, that's part of it. You know, I'm not complaining. That's how it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be miserable. It's supposed to be hard. Which brings us to night number two, fighting hole night. This was the night they were going to teach us how to dig a fighting hole. They didn't teach us anything. They showed us what it's supposed to look like. And then they chucked us our little two or three foot e-tools like I just told you about. And they said, all right, well, this is where you need to dig them. They purposely pick the hardest ground in the area. And once again, it starts pouring rain. And I mean dumping rain on us. And it's freezing. The temperature drops into the low 40s. And now, guys, guys are just starting to not do well. They're starting to lose it. I've told you this story before. We had guys, they snuck off the hill and went and tried to sleep in the Porta Johns trying to get warm. We had other guys flat out try to escape the base. I'm not kidding. They just tried to leave the Marine Corps. They caught them before they could get out. It was so cold and miserable. They just said, I'm done. And they just packed it up and took off. But we didn't do that. We're sitting there all night long digging these holes. And we're not making any progress because we're digging in rock. And one of my buddies, one of the funniest people I've ever met in his life, this black dude. And he was just pants wetting funny. He started in the middle of the night while we're freezing and miserable singing the slave songs like that. 
I was laughing so hard my face cramped up. We all were. It's one of those moments where it's so miserable that someone can cut through all that tension with humor. Oh, gosh, it was the best. And he would sing them for hours on end as we're all just sitting there, tink, 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 trying to take it to the rocks. Oh, gosh, I love those guys. <laughs> all right, James O'Keefe's attorney is going to join me next. And then I know you're going to be shocked by this. I'm actually going to take some phone calls tonight. I'm going to get to some emails, and I'm going to take some phone calls tonight. 877-377-4373. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and I have been warning you about the administrative states and how they can wreck your life, and how they'll break all the rules when they have their eyes set on you. Joining me now is my friend Harmeet Dillon. She is the chairwoman of the Republican National Lawyers Association. Harmeet, would you be so kind as to elaborate what's going on with James O'Keefe for people who've never heard of what's going on at all? Well, sure. Thank you for having me, Jesse. James O'Keefe is a groundbreaking American journalist who's the founder of Project Veritas. Mm -hmm. And over the last decade, his nonprofit organization, which does investigative stories, has uncovered so much biased corruption, and particularly in the last few years, uh, corruption and bias in the news media and in the government. So as you can imagine, they're not very popular with big media and big government. And so you can imagine that when the Biden administration got control of the DOJ, it began to use that power to investigate its perceived enemies. That definitely includes near the top of that list, journalists like James O'Keefe. So towards the end of the election cycle uh, in 2020, uh, Project Veritas has an open tip line. They get a lot of tips from people. And one of the tips they got was that uh, Ashley Biden's diary had been abandoned as abandoned property somewhere in Florida, and uh, would Project Veritas be interested in it? So Project Veritas took a look, and this is all right before the election, decided that they could not verify the authenticity of this document uh, because they tried from the Biden campaign and from Ms. Biden herself, and they couldn't, so they decided not to publish it. They eventually um, you know, gave it back to the people who gave it to them, who turned it into law enforcement. All of this happened you know, well, well before a year from the time we're talking today. So fast forward to DOJ changing hands. About uh, two months ago, you know, about less than two months ago, the the DOJ, Southern District of New York, suddenly raided the homes of Project Veritas' founder, James O'Keefe, and two journalists who had worked on the investigation over the Ashley Biden diary. And the uh, you know allegation that supported the search warrants was that our clients had potentially traffic or, or not our clients necessarily, but there was an investigation going on into allegedly potentially moving stolen property across great state lines and and so forth. So keep in mind in this story, my client doesn't have the diary, didn't publish the diary. The diary was published by some other outlet that, you know, kind of fell flat and didn't get me news over a year ago. And so why is the DOJ trying to go and seize the phones of American journalists who are also its critics and who have exposed, for example, 
Fauci corruption, DOJ corruption, all kinds of corruption? And the answer is because they can. And the DOJ, as we saw even under the Trump administration, you saw a DOJ run amok with tip-offs to journalists about raids on Roger Stone and, and other people who are definitely not a threat to public safety. But in this case, where it gets really interesting, like it, the fact that they're persecuting their enemies is, is pretty expe- expected. But here we know that the DOJ clearly tipped off the New York Times to these three raids because the New York Times was the only outlet quickly asking questions within minutes of each of these 6 a.m. raids. And secondly, the plot thickens by the fact that the New York Times, a week after my client's phone was stolen, also published confidential legal memoranda that were between attorney and client and that that concerned Project Veritas' journalistic practices. So all of a sudden, this thing stinks to high heaven. So where we are right now um, is, Jesse, is that the uh, lawyers for Project Veritas and the, the ones handling the criminal matter in New York, I'm part of the team, but the lead lawyer, Paul Cali, is fighting with the DOJ over whether the DOJ gets to simply, without any filter, go in and review the contents of a client who is a journalist, that's one level of First Amendment protection, who has on his phone the contact information of multiple donors, that's the second level of uh, attorney-client privilege of privilege communication, and finally, has about three dozen lawyers, I'm one of them, and there are tons of privileged communications. So that's what's going on here. There is no crime, there is no stolen diary in the possession of anybody in this story. Well, what there is, is a witch hunt. And current news is that the DOJ is attempting to impose the cost of segregating out that information and having it reviewed by an independent special master on our client. So they violate the Constitution by raiding journalists. They abuse their investigatory powers. There is no crime. It's completely concocted. And then they attempt to impose hundreds of thousands of dollars of cost potentially on the target of a subpoena who hasn't even been, has not been charged with any crime. That's what's happening in our government today. Good grief. Speaking with Harmeet Dillon, as you can hear, attorney for James O'Keefe and chairwoman of the Republican National Lawyers Association. Harmeet, I'm going to ask the dumbest question, but I'm uneducated, so you're just going to have to deal with that. That doesn't sound legal. I mean, that doesn't sound like that doesn't sound like something an attorney should even have to fight. That sounds like someone at the DOJ should go to jail in what's supposed to be a free country. Well, it's an abuse of power for sure. Uh like I said, we've we've look gosh from from minutes after the actually I would say even before Donald Trump got sworn in, you had DOJ and FBI games rigged against him. And that happened throughout his administration, and it really is, has not been punished, uh, notwithstanding all these so-called, uh, you know, special counsels who are supposedly going to make people accountable. It hasn't happened, in my opinion. It's, it's kind of a joke. So in this case, uh, your listeners should know that there are multiple levels of protection for independent journalists like James O'Keefe. The first is obviously the United States Constitution, which protects the First Amendment, freedom of speech, freedom of the press. The second is there are also First Amendment protections for, for donors. That's considered protected speech. And there is a law, a federal law called the Privacy Protection Act that provides a shield to journalists and that protects journalists and their sources from this type of disclosure. And, and you know, it's not absolute, but the government has to go through extensive 
hoops before it can just do this. And then finally, the United States Department of Justice itself has longstanding regulations regarding subpoenas and other investigatory actions against journalists. Those were beefed up with much fanfare by our current Attorney General Merrick Garland last summer, who made a big show of coming out and putting out a press release saying, oh, well, you know, the prior administration, you know, didn't respect journalists. They issued, you know, search warrants or they, they issued, you know, sort of an investigatory tools on them. So we're going to make that much more difficult. So they issued all this show of doing that. And then they went and did the exact same thing. And so what's shocking to me is that a judge authorized and signed off on this. And I suspect some of the pushback that we're seeing from the court has to do with potentially, I think the DOJ must have misrepresented what it had and what it was investigating to the court, because a court is supposed to be not just a rubber stamp of what career prosecutors want to do to their enemies, but they're supposed to be an independent body that actually plays referee. I don't think that happened here. I think it, a lot of it didn't happen. It didn't happen with FISA warrants, and it didn't happen here. And so we're going to see what happens next year. But we are, because James O'Keefe is a successful and brave American journalist with a foundation behind him, and he raises money from the public, he has the money and the means to hire lawyers, at least. If this happened to you or even me or Joe Blow, a member of the public or small journalists, they wouldn't be able to afford to fight this with a team of lawyers. They wouldn't be able to get on television to talk about it. They wouldn't be able to hire lawyers like me. They would be out of luck. That's what's going on in this country right now. And it is un-American, it's unconstitutional, and it needs to stop. Harvey, thank you so much for staying in that fight. Thank you for the information. Appreciate it. Please go get them. Oh, thanks a lot, Jesse. Did I not tell you you were going to be stunned? Can you... Imagine that level of abusive power. Now do you understand what I've been ranting about since the very beginning of the show when I said the administrative state is a monster we have got to take on and we've got to take it on right now? There is nothing more dangerous than that. They picked an enemy of the Biden regime, stormed into his home, took his phone, raided multiple homes, leaked information to the media who then ran with that. That is a frightening state of affairs. All right. Since I'm a man of the people, Chris, the Shogun is a man of the people. Don't shake your head. I'm going to get to some phone calls and some emails next. 877-377-4373. 877-377-4373. I also have some other good news. You know how I've been telling you about chalk, you know, the American company, the American company with natural herbal supplements, again, natural, not medical crap putting in your body, natural herbal supplements, U.S. manufacturing. And I've been telling you, they're concerned about the testosterone levels of men, understandably, because they're at all time lows. And I keep telling you, I take Tonkat 100, I take chalk daily. And what I get a lot from people is, Jesse, this sounds awesome. I had another 10 emails about it today. Jesse, that sounds awesome. Which ones? I don't understand. They actually made it easy for you. You ready? Just go to chalk.com, C-H-O-Q.com, the male vitality stack. Stack is S-T-A-Q. That's the one you want. That's Chalk Daily, Tomcat 100, and Ashwagandha. Male vitality stack at chalk.com. But you have to use the promo code JESSE, and that gets you 30% off. CHOQ.com, promo code JESSE, male vitality stack. Is he smarter than everyone? 
Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. And of course, I mean, yeah, the administrative state's a bit of in a bit of a uh, over our overreaching monster right now, and we're all in very, very serious trouble, but that's okay. That's okay, Chris. 877-377-4373 is the number. I get to some calls and I'm e- and some emails. And look, I, d- I do want to clarify, clarify before I do that. Again, this is Paul Begala from CNN. He's one of these Democrat strategists. Remember the three things that the people who lead us all have in common now? I know you do. You're probably rolling your eyes. Say them with me. One, no love of country. No love of country at all. Oftentimes they hate it, but there's no love of country. Two, completely disconnected from the real world. And three, an ironclad belief they should rule over you as kings and queens. That's what they believe. They hate the Western limits on their power. I mean, they come out and say it all the time now. As the Biden regime go, continues to go down in flames, they're not having even a brief moment where they look in the mirror and say, maybe it's me. It's just not happening. Did President Biden put more effort into getting infrastructure passed, for example? Well, he got infrastructure passed, and that's a good thing because success can, can breed success. He is putting the full force of the presidency behind it. I think the problem for the Democrats right now is is not that they have bad leaders. They have bad followers. I'm sorry? <laughs> it's the, it's, it, I'm sorry? You're blaming them? <laughs> oh, jeez. Look, when even nutso Democrats are looking at you and saying, oh, gosh, this is crazy, that's when you know you're in serious trouble. All right, I haven't taken calls in like a week. I'm terrible about that. Sometimes the calls suck, Chris. Remember, 877-377-4373. This is not like other shows. Don't say hi to me. Don't say, how are you doing? Don't tell me you love the show. Get to the point. As soon as I get to you, get to the point. Everybody's listening, and no one wants to hear us small talk. All right? Savvy? Kurt in Colorado, go. Hey, Jesse. You know, at the beginning of the show, you were talking about the Republicans not having any spine to, to stand up or fight against the, the Democrats. I think you missed the point that in today's world, the Republicans and the Democrats are just two heads of the same snake. You know, I'm not – stay on the line, Kurt. I can't kill you for that. I, well, how am I supposed to look, How am I supposed to say, oh, you're wrong? I mean, the, the truth is – and people yell and scream about Trump's first two years in office and the Russian collusion stuff and all that. Republicans had control of everything. However, I will say this. Just this it, in, my, in my defense, Kurt, or I should say in defense of what I said, I do believe there are better Republicans getting in. I know there's still a lot of crap in there, but there are better Republicans getting in. Guys like Joe Kent out of Washington and whatnot. We have a new breed with some serious spine. That's more what I'm saying. Well, the the problem is 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 the establishment that's in there. They're rooted in so deep. You've got guys like Mitch McConnell who've been there since Christ was a child, and how are you going to get them out? Uh, look, it's not a bad point. It's not a bad point at all. But l- allow me to explain something. Congress. I mean, I know you know this already, but Congress, whether it be the House or the Senate, it's all about the caucuses. 
It's all about the Caucasus. It's one gigantic caucus measuring contest. That's what it is. How big is your caucus? And remember, a caucus is just what it's the group of people who vote the same way. That's why you have like the Freedom Caucus is a thing. Those are going to be more people who probably align with your views. The Freedom Caucus guys are awesome. Now, if there are five guys in the Freedom Caucus, that caucus isn't big enough to get the job done. They need a bigger caucus. So elect five more guys in the Freedom Caucus. Now you got a 10-person caucus. That's a big caucus, or at least it's big enough, big enough to make some noise. What if the caucus, what if it got to be 50? What if you had a 60-man caucus? That's a lot. That's a lot. That's swinging a lot of weight. That's swinging a lot of weight and can do a lot of damage. You understand what I mean? Chris, please grow up. Michael, grow up. Both of you grow up. But you see, what? even if you can't ever, what if you hate Mitch McConnell's guts and you want to get Mitch McConnell out? Okay, fine. I get it. It's fine. You don't have to get him out. You have to give the decent Republicans a big enough caucus in the Senate to do something, to make him powerless. Remember, it's all a caucus measuring contest, all of it. Scott in Florida, go. Jesse, I'm worried about these cities allowing immigrants now to vote. I don't know if anybody's ever thought about this, but the devil is always in the details. Um, For example, when I've always voted, I've gotten one ballot that has national, local, and state politicians on it to vote for. If I'm an illegal immigrant and I go to New York City and I'm in New York City and I vote, uh, is there going to be a little mark by my name that says, oh, I get a special ballot just for me? Oh, don't, I actually hung up on him a little bit early, Scott. Uh, I hang up on everyone, but I hung up on you. Uh, hung up on you before you got out that last sentence. Allow me to finish it. Allow me to finish what he was saying. Okay, so New York's allowing non-citizens to vote. New York City is. Um, how is this going to work with federal elections? And I'm sure. By the way, I know. I know. Don't write me and say no. You don't understand. They have a system set aside where they're going to get a different ballot. And you expect me to trust that? Do you really expect me to trust that? How do I know they're going to get a different ballot? Who's looking into all this? How are these people even finding out? I have a whole lot of questions about this whole cities allowing non-citizens to vote thing. Because like he said, don't tell me they're only going to vote in citywide elections. They'll never find their way into a federal election. Oh, yeah, because the last one went so well. About midnight, hey, what's the dump truck pulling up and dumping ballots out for? Get serious with that. All right. 877-377-4373. I'll take some more calls. I got to get to some emails. I have to get to how crazy these Democrats are. And maybe some more Biden sound, but first. Tunnel to Towers. I know you care about giving back. I know you do. Let me tell you about Tunnel to Towers Foundation. As you know, they started in the wake of 9-11, and they pay off mortgages for Gold Star families. And, I mean, you can't imagine what that's like. I can't imagine what that's like. Hey, your husband's never coming home again. Hey, kids, dad's never coming home again. They They take that burden of a mortgage off of families. They're even building a gigantic area in Florida that's a community for Gold Star families, just creating a wonderful life for them. And their, their rating in the charity circles is off the charts. They don't waste your money. $11 a month. That's what they ask for from you. 11 bucks. 
Go to T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Sign up. 11 bucks a month. Help them out. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. We're in final hour. Oh, man. We'll get back to your phone calls here in just a second. Chris, would you do me a favor and once again play the response of the FBI as a Muslim terrorist held a bunch of Jews hostage in a synagogue? Uh, we, we, we do believe from our engagement with this subject that he was singularly focused on one issue, uh, and it was not specifically related to the Jewish community, uh, but we're continuing to work to find motive, and, and we will continue on that path. Look, Chris, who knows? I mean, I don't know what the motive is. Let's not act like we can psychologize this guy or anything like that. I love it. So get this. Fox News runs an article, right? I I blasted him publicly on uh, social media over the weekend. Specifically, I said, quote, the FBI is now an organization solely focused on destroying the domestic enemies of the Democratic Party. Any Republican Congress or presidential candidate who doesn't loudly proclaim his intention to massively reform or disband this organization should not be considered. And I meant it. Of course, it makes the cover of Fox News. Corrupt FBI should be eliminated. <laughs> oh, man, I'm sure they're. Oh, by the way, I just want to clarify to everyone. I am not suicidal, as you can imagine. I'm I'm. Quite happy with my life. Quite happy, I might add. <laughs> Gosh. Big John in Washington, go. Shogun. Yes, sir. I love the fact that you are bringing up medals of honor from Korea. My father was a barman in Korea, and he always, I asked him, I said, Dad, they called it a conflict. Was it a war? He said, if that guy is shooting me and my job is to kill him, it's a war. That is and a fact. entirely correct. That is a fact. I will tell you, and by the way, respect to you and respect to your dad, my brother. If he's still around, please give him my best. I'll, I'll tell you this. There were a lot of Marines and, and Army guys at, at Chosen Reservoir I, uh, during the Korean War who were World War II veterans. Remember, this is just five years after World War II ended. So this salty veterans. They'd been in places like Iwo Jima and Guadalcanal and whatnot. A lot of them said, oh, yeah, this is, this is equal to what we fought in World War II. The general thinking in the Marine Corps, and this is not universal because, I mean, how do you, what's the worst battle? How do you qualify that? But in the Marine Corps lore, the general thinking is the three most brutal battles they ever fought were Bellow Wood. That's in World War I. That's the Marines are famous for this one. They stormed into Bellow Wood. The France and the Brits have been getting slaughtered by the Germans for a long time. Finally, America gets in the war. Marines show up. And France's the French guys are pulling back, and I'm not ripping on the French guys. The French guys were lions in World War One, not so much World War Two, but keep in mind they lost like 20 percent of the male population in World War One. But the French were lions in World War One, and they, at the time they were pulling back, and the Marines are walking in, and the French are telling the Marines, "We need to get out of here." And the the Marine, it's a famous line in the Marine Corps. The Marines go, "Retreat, hell, we just got here." <laughs> so Bella Wood is one, Iwo Jima is two. And they say Chosen Reservoir is three. I mean, do you I, – I, listen, I have an update for all you history lovers who, who want the history show. We are supposedly, and I cannot stress this enough, supposedly going to be in our brand spanking new studio at the end of this month. Now, that probably means halfway through next month, but still, it's coming soon. When we get the studio, it'll free up time for me. 
And I think I do think my new my first history podcast I'll do for you is going to be about the Korean War. And just a heads up for those who don't know, I used to open every show. The first hour would be a history story. I can't do it anymore because I have so much media going on. My TV shows on the first every night at 9 p.m. I just have so much stuff going on. It's not that I have a hard job. I don't have time. It takes four or five hours at least in prep work to prep for a history podcast. I don't have that time in a day. Once the studio gets built, I'm going to shoot for about once a week. It won't be part of this show. We'll make a separate history podcast so you can just geek out on it, and it'll be it'll be fun because I'm going to nerd out on it. It'll be great. Uh, for you parents, by the way, when that comes out, that will be family-friendly as well. I do family-friendly fr- family friendly shows you can always listen to with your kids. You don't have to stress leaving the show on when you run into the store. I don't do shows you can't listen to while you're making a meal and the kids are in the kitchen. I just will not do it. There are too many kids listening to the show. That's not because I'm a good person. I'm a horrible person. Everything's crap out there now. I can't let my sons watch anything. I, I have to monitor the YouTube videos they watch or if they watch a YouTube video on something or whatnot. It just everything's crap. And I hate that. I want just can't I just put kids down in front of something and not hear filth? Even my history podcasts will be that way. Uh, full disclosure, though, we do talk about some violent things in the history podcast. You know, there'll never be any perverted stuff or anything like that in there. But look, if it's if we're talking about Ivan the Terrible, it's going to be difficult to present that in a G fashion. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to give it to you. All right, all right. Let's get to some emails here. Remember, you can email the show anything you want. Love, hate, death death threats, no matter what. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Everything is welcome here. How many hours a day do you and Chris rehearse the show before you go on? <clears throat> Chris, you want to tell him or should I tell him? <laughs> All right, I've told this story before. I'm going to tell it again. Okay, There are people, many people, probably most of the people you listen to, They have structured radio shows. And when I say structured, I mean, there is what's called a show sheet. I'll I'll share my show sheet story in a second, where you'll have a a sheet of some kind, and it'll essentially say, this is hour one, and in segment one, we're going to talk about this and Joe Biden, and in segment three, we're going to talk about fruit or whatever. whatever. They have show sheets to tell them what they're going to talk about. And I've heard this, too. This is wild to me. The the, The average radio host who does this, they prep for at least an hour for every hour of radio. That's that's how it's supposed to be done. Uh, I don't do any of that. I'm, I'm not doing any of that. That's that sounds like that sounds like way too much work. That's way too much work. I just sit down and I talk. I remember the first time they hired. I told you about the radio coach they hired me because I don't know how to do radio. I've only been doing it three years. I don't have any idea what I'm doing. And I remember. I'll never forget this. He tells me, well, uh, well, why can't you tease that you're going to tell a funny story in the second hour? And I said, well, I don't know. He said, what do you mean you don't know? It should be on your show sheet. And I said, well, what's the show sheet? And there was just dead silence on the other end of the line. He thought I was messing with him. <laughs> and then finally, but to his credit, he didn't try to force one on me. He's like, well, do you want one? I said, no. I don't know why I would want one. The, Chris and I don't rehearse anything. He prints a bunch of stories. I don't even pick them anymore. He just prints a bunch of them. Wow, this is a lot of stories, Chris. And he throws them in front of me, and I generally don't get to any of them until the end of the show. It's, that's kind of how the show works. <laughs> that's how we do things here. There's, there's no rehearsal on this show. Jesse, 
I'm a 41-year-old paramedic. <laughs> it said yes on those scary helicopters. I hate helicopters, okay? An ICU nurse. I've had COVID and the initial two doses of the vaccine very early when they were made public. And at the time, was proud to be at the front of the line at the time when people were unsure about the vaccine. I hoped I could ease the nervousness for some people. Since then, the whole thing has become politicized between the haves and have-nots. And I now feel duped and ashamed for having participated. Now my, her, my, now my career hangs on getting a boost by January 31st, but I no longer feel they work, and it's just a control move by the left, nothing more. I've worked incredibly hard to get where I'm at, and I'm proud to work for one of the finest air medical programs in the world. I have a family to provide for, and while I hate what's happening politically and want to stand up for what I believe, I cannot be un, become unemployed and feel I don't have many choices, as I'm sure most, if not all, of healthcare will require more and more shots in the future. I don't really have a question. I'm feeling lost and trapped and figured some of your other listeners are too. Love the show and listen every day. Thanks for what you do. Signed, scared and frustrated father and husband. Says I can use his name. His name is Justin. <laughs> Justin, I, I don't have a number on how many emails we get every day to this show. It's a lot. It is a lot. This email you just sent me, I, I took it. I took it because I felt like I had to. I took it because I felt like it was the right thing to do. I took it. That's the norm, buddy. Don't feel bad. Don't, buddy, do you have any idea how many horrible things I've done in my life? And I didn't do them because I was fooled into thinking they were good. Man, I've got a lifetime of stuff on my resume. I'd rather not be there. That's life. Okay, so the entire media apparatus, every single person, everywhere you turned, told you the vaccine would save lives and it'll stop transmission and go get it and whatnot, and you believed it. That's not on you. That's on them. Because a corrupt, rotted culture duped you into thinking something or forced you into doing something that you now regret, that doesn't mean it's a pockmark on your resume. And guess what? I'm a father and husband before I'm anything else, before I'm a citizen. I promise you one thing, no matter what, my kids are going to eat, period. That's my principles. My kids are going to eat. All right, we got, we got more. I have more stuff like that. You know what? I'm not quite done on that yet, so just give me a second. And another thing I keep getting is, Jesse, I'm scared about the financial situation. I'm scared about that. And it, uh, look, I'll be honest with you, Ed, just you and I talking, I am too. Uh, sat down with the wife this weekend, talked to the guy we invested money with this weekend, and I'm, I'm genuinely worried, genuinely worried. I don't have some miracle I can give you. I don't. I don't. The best thing I've found so far with all the experts I talk to is get some gold. I, I, did, did I say a metric ton of gold? No. Call Oxford Gold Group and get some gold delivered to your front door. Because no matter what else you're talking about, the value of it is always subject to the whims of someone else. Gold always has value. Whether it goes up, whether it goes down, always has incredible value. And Oxford will send it to your front door. Just tell them Jesse told you to call and they'll take good care of you. I promise. 833-995-GOLD. Tell them Jesse told you to call. Oxford Gold Group. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. I have something else I need to get to here in a second, but I have to 
have to play something else. You know how we were just talking about the three things cultural leaders have in common? I'll get back to your calls and whatnot. 877-377-4373. How our cultural leaders have no love of country, none whatsoever. Did you hear the Warriors owner? The Warriors owner, the owner of the Golden State Warriors. Obviously, that's an NBA team for those unaware. I would hope everyone would be aware, but I realize not everyone's a sports fan. That's an NBA team. Pretty important deal. He was asked about the Muslim Uyghurs in China. Remember, the Muslim Uyghurs in China are in concentration camps where they're harvesting their organs. And we have concentration camps in the country where the world is about to send its Olympic athletes. China just got done exporting a virus that's killed I don't know how many and cost inhuman amounts of money. And the world is responding by letting them host the Olympics. I still can't wrap my mind around that. This is the owner of the Warriors when asked about the genocide taking place in China. Nobody cares about. Nobody cares about what's happening to the Uyghurs. Okay, you you bring it up because you really care, and I think that's nice that you care. The rest of us don't care. I'm just well, telling you a very care? hard. Wait, wait, I'm telling you, you very, personally don't care. I'm telling you a very hard, ugly truth. Okay, of all the things that I care about, yes, it is below my line. Okay, uh, of all the things that's... that I care about, it is below my line. Okay, that's that's pretty frank, isn't it? Let's be honest, and I'll get back to your emails and phone calls and whatnot. It's very, very difficult to see how a nation can come back from its leaders with having no affinity whatsoever for the nation and no hostility towards the nation's enemies. I mean, it, it, it is pretty disheartening. I mean, did you see the numbers that came out? They just did a survey of Democrat voters in a recent poll, and these numbers are, I mean, I'm just going to put them out there. You, you tell me, uh, how do we share a nation with these people? 55% of Democrat voters support fines against unvaccinated people. This is the number that just just about pushed me over the edge. 59%, 5-9, support house arrest for unvaccinated people. 48% support prison for questioning the vaccine's efficiency on social media. Half, 45% support internment camps. 47% support surveillance. 29% support the state taking their children. When I call them communists, did you think that was just for radio? Did you think that was just for effect or something? There's, there's no putting that band back together again. There's not. But So back to the guy's email that I was talking about before I left. The guy took the vaccine early on. He thought it was going to do a lot of good. Now he feels bullied and whatnot. If you did, there was all kinds of pressure. And there's still all kinds of pressure, but especially in the beginning, there was pressure coming from everywhere, right, left, center, media, movies, you name it. Everybody was trying to stick a needle in your arm. If, if you got duped, brother, I bought, I bought a large screen TV out of the back of some guy's pickup truck one time with cash. I pulled out of the ATM and I went home and the TV didn't have the guts inside of it. Everyone gets played for a chump at some point in their life. You know how you know how much good it ever did me to feel bad about the times I got played for a chump? None. Forget it. If you feel like you got played, you got regrets, oh well. You can't look like I said, you can't suck it out of you now. I mean, 
No, I'm not making any Kamala Harris jokes. Steve in Colorado, go. Hey, I I uh, was wondering if you knew about the Democrats. I'm already done with it. I'm already done with it. Joaquin Felix in Pennsylvania, go. Yes, Hey, I want to correct you on something. Go. I, I don't want to elevate this guy to anything, but Adolf Hitler was a war hero. He was awarded the Iron Cross twice. And he was a message runner, and that was actually considered to be a very essential and dangerous position. And it was the only way of communicating because they had hard wire. There were no communications except for radios, and they used pigeons and dogs also. But for future reference, I will want to talk about some things because my parents actually grew up in Nazi Germany. And my father was in the Hitler Youth, and he actually attended some Hitler rallies. Oh, yeah. Joaquin, if you're still listening... Email the show because we'll want to talk about that for sure. I uh, there's there's actually a lot of fascinating things about that. I when I was a kid, I w- went to church with an old German couple, and I was young. I, mean, I was 10, 11 years old, and they're just they were just the sweetest people in the world. But they would they would grew up in Germany. They came up in that World War II part. And when you asked them, like you could sit down and talk to them about it, you would ask them, "Hey, uh, Hitler? I mean, boy, that must have sucked, huh?" And they would say, "Oh no, we loved him." We didn't know. They said, they said, all we heard were these fiery speeches on the radio about how great Germany is and Germany's going to come back. They said, obviously, we found out after and were just mortified, but we didn't know he was killing a bunch of Jews. We had no idea. They lived out in the country. They were just farming people, so they weren't, they weren't in the cities. They weren't seeing all the blood. They said, no, no, he was, he was great as far as we knew at the time. Oh, yeah, that, that stuff is – it is fascinating to hear – how evil like that can rise. But to, to his first point, Hitler was a war hero. But again, it kind of goes back to a point I make often. Veterans, that's one part of your life. It's not your entire life. And a lot of vets can get trapped in this, this thing where, oh, I served or I did this. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad. I, you know there's nothing I respect more. That can't be the last good thing you do in your life. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Hitler was a war hero. Very brave. Running through no man's land and stuff like that. Got some medals. Kind of washed all that away with some later things. (laughs) Didn't exactly exactly hold up that legacy, per se. Oh, I'm reading a really good book right now, Chris. Uh, Bloodlands is the book. I would highly, highly recommend it. Now, it's long, and it's some heavy reading, but it, it really just lays out for you Hitler and Stalin and what they did in the bloodlands, what they did in Eastern Europe and, and Western Western Russia during the, all that mess, it's man, I knew a lot about that stuff, and even it's hard to read for me. It is amazing. Bloodlands. I don't know who the writer is. I hope he's not some communist. We're supporting Chris. <laughs> anyway, all right, we have a lot more show we need to get to. I still have to get to. <laughs> I mean, you think CNN has hit the bottom? Oh no 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 no. You would be sadly mistaken. I'm about to I'm about to tell you what the bottom is. Hang on. It is the Jesse Kelly show. I can, look at look at this. CNN. Just when you think CNN can't get any lower. <laughs> this is a real headline. Should the government control the price of food and gas? Honestly, all those jokes people made, and I'm really mad I didn't come up with the joke personally, 
But all those jokes people made about how the final variant of coronavirus is communism, yeah, they were all right. They were all right. Of course, of course the government, through idiotic policy, would drive up the price of food and gas. And then, of course, the communists would step in and say, I have a solution. More government. Oh, in case you thought CNN was alone, this is from the Salt Lake Tribune. Were Utah a truly civilized place, the governor's next move would be to find a way to mandate the kind of mass vaccination campaign we should have launched a year ago. Going as far as to deploy the National Guard to ensure people without proof of vaccination would not be allowed, well, anywhere. Did you think Did you think I was kidding when I called them communists? Do you think that was just for effect? That's what they are now. I don't know how that happened. I don't I don't know when that happened, but that's what they are now. Hey, did you remember so Joe Biden has spent 25% of his presidency in Delaware. Now, all, all I can do is tell you the rumors. All I can do these are the rumors. I have no information on this whatsoever, but they're they're pretty solid rumors. I'll put it to you that way. I tell you when I have solid info and I tell you when I don't. Rumor is that's where Joe Biden is getting medical treatment done. So he can stand on his own two feet for the rest of the time. Remember, Joe Biden, Joe Biden in general has zero public events scheduled for a day or he'll have one almost always in the morning. And you you know how often I play the Joe Biden sound and it sounds like kind of like the, it just sounds terrible. He looks terrible. Remember, president of the United States of America is the most stressful job in the world. You took somebody with dementia who should be relaxing, he'd be in a calm environment with care and music and things like that, and instead you put him in the most stressful job in the world. I have said repeatedly, I think the job's going to kill him. And that's the last thing in the world I want. As much as I despise Joe Biden, I don't want anybody getting hurt. I'm I'm worried the job's going to kill him. The rumor is they go back to Delaware so they can be away from all those media prying eyes and they're trying to get Joe Biden fueled back up to go back out and pretend to be president for a week. Now, I normally don't give you information I don't consider to be solid unless it really adds up. Everything does add up, does it not? Remember, don't you remember during probably the most stressful time of his presidency, Afghanistan was collapsing? I mean, it's still a big deal. We, we hear from voter after voter after voter, that's the biggest deal. That's one of the reasons they hate his guts. Joe Biden yanked our guys out and collapsed Afghanistan in about 30 seconds. While that was going on, Joe Biden went on vacation? I mean, that's that's not even heard of before. The president of the United States needs to be in the situation room commanding things. Joe Biden, well, I, I, guess, I guess we're done here. Do, do you have my nose powder, sweetie? That's what Joe Biden did. Jen Psaki got asked about it. President Biden's first year coming to a close Uh, The data indicates that he spent a quarter of his days, at least partially, in Delaware. Um, In light of that, uh, will the White House be reconsidering the the decision not to release visitor log information from his Delaware residences? Well, the president goes to Delaware because it's his home. It's also where uh, his son and his uh, former wife are buried. Uh, And it's a place that is obviously close to his heart. A lot of presidents go visit their home. Uh, when they are president. We also have gone a step further than the prior administration and many administrations in releasing visitor logs of people who visit the White House and will continue to do that. Because that's where his son is buried? Because that's his home? 
And you notice he asked about the White House visitor logs. This again, listen, listen, this is Jesse spreading gossip like a teenage girl. I do not have solid info. When I have solid info, I tell you I have solid info. But this is, again, what I've been told. The reason he jets to Delaware to get those medical treatments is the White House has to disclose who comes to the White House. That's public information. They have to tell you, oh, uh, yeah, Vladimir Putin, we had breakfast uh, on the White House lawn. They have to let you know. Joe Biden doesn't have to disclose who comes to visit him with his 25% of the time vacation home in Delaware. Now, that's a really big deal. I realize it's a funny joke and we have, we have a good time on the show with the fact Joe Biden can't speak and whatnot. If we have a president of the United States of America who needs to be on vacation 25% of the time to receive medical treatments, don't you think it might be time to, I don't know, move on? Maybe this has gone far enough. I mean, hey, not that radio isn't really important too, Chris, but president's a pretty important job. He has real responsibilities. I mean, if I fall over and die just right here on the microphone, they'll bring in someone else to make fart jokes and everything will be fine. If Joe Biden falls over, that's kind of a big deal. He leads the country. Hi, Jesse. On Friday, you had a question from a communist explaining that he thought it was a good idea to to lock 100,000 Japanese in a camp. FDR was, in my opinion, one of the worst U.S. presidents. No one talks about it. His presidency was a major turning point for this country in the wrong direction. I'd like to hear your thoughts on FDR. Yeah, FDR was a scumbag. FDR was a total dirtball. A complete power-mad dirtball. That, that, that he just he was one of the guys. Look, remember when I talk about the three things and all those other things? I won't say FDR hated the country. I won't. I won't lump him in with that. I, I don't think he was that. Maybe he was, but I don't think he was that. And I won't even necessarily go so far as say that FDR had no connection with the real world. But as far as the last thing, the third of the things, the ironclad belief that they should be able to rule over you as kings and queens. If you read any of FDR's writings about himself, that's exactly how FDR thought. FDR looked at the the constraints put on him by America's free system, by the Constitution that's been shredded since then and whatnot, and FDR thought they were ridiculous. He simply thought it was absurd that he wouldn't be able to do whatever he wanted. After all, he's smarter than everyone else. I mean, he is Franklin Delano Roosevelt. FDR was a disaster, an absolute disaster. And there are great studies out there because you'll get folks, especially if you get some old old enough now, and sadly we're losing most of them, but if you get someone old enough to have lived through the Great Depression, you'll get people who will defend FDR because he'd do these fireside chats during the war and they just have fond memories of FDR. There are plenty of people. I, I can't speak one way or the other. There are plenty of people who say FDR prolonged the Great Depression. He didn't make it better. These massive government programs. He had huge government programs that didn't do anything. Quite literally. I'm not making that up. He had programs where, you, okay, uh, dig a hole. All right, now I'm going to hire you guys to fill up the hole. See, we gave you a job. I mean, that, that's crazy. But these people who feel like they should run the country, who, who feel like they should run the country as kings and queens, that's just how they think. That's how they operate. Big Daddy Jesse, stuck in a Northeast blue state. I was planning on retiring to an American state. Do you think I can wait that long? Or don't think I can wait that long? My employer is mandating boosters. I already got the shot to save my job. Saw all this coming. Hoping this madness will go away. Why can't I talk tonight? You're right. They will never stop. 
So because they care so much about my health, I decided to go to the next state to get the jab, grab a couple cartons of cigarettes and a bunch of cheeseburgers. God bless America. <laughs> you go do it, buddy. You can do it. There's so many wonderful places you can live in this country and live free, depending on what kind of environment you want. And I love it. Remember last time, Chris, when I was telling people, you don't have to live in the South if it's too hot. You can go to some place like Idaho, and the phone lines just filled up with people from Idaho saying, no, we're full. <laughs> I love you guys. All right, we have headlines I didn't get to next. And sorry, Chris, there are a lot of them. There are, there are really a lot of these. I, I didn't get to very much tonight. But how's your sleep? Have you tried buying the best sheets in the world? The best sheets in the world. And you know how nice it is to speak for MyPillow, not just because they're an American company that actually fights for the things you care about. The products are always so good. The pajamas, I look, I'm not even pitching pajamas right now. The pajamas, the wife just dies for these things. They're slippers, they're mattress topper. Oh, you got to get one of the mattress toppers. But everyone knows about their Giza dream sheets because Giza's the world's best cotton. They have a deal right now for my listeners. They're buy one, get one free. Buy one, get one free. And you should own two sets anyway, so you can have a set on the bed when the other one's in the wash. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener specials. Use the promo code JESSE, and you get Giza Dream Sheets. Buy one, get one free. Or you can just call 800-845-0544. Tell them JESSE told you to call. They'll take good care of you. MyPillow. You're listening to the Oracle. You're gonna love this one. It's a scream, baby. The Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. And yes, Michael and I were making fun of Chris during the break. Because get this, Chris, Chris likes to claim he reads. He listens to audiobooks. I'm not even kidding. And he counts that as reading. Don't you don't don't show me that finger, Chris. You know I'm right. That does not count as having read a book, okay? You drove. That's what you did. You drove that day and listened to something. <laughs> oh, and by the way, on the chalk thing, when I tell you about chalk, natural herbal supplements from an American patriot company, guys who love this country and they're worried about testosterone levels. I realize sometimes if I, if I give out too much, it can get confusing. Like I tell you, I take Chalk Daily, and I take their Tomcat 100, and I've been telling you the difference in mood and energy. It is stark. After just a couple months, it is stark. You stick with those two things for a couple months, it's stark. People get confused. Like, what do you take? Our emails are full of it. So they actually made it easy. Let me, let me make this easy for you. They now have at choq.com, they have a male vitality stack. S-T-A-Q, a male vitality stack. That's what you're looking for. Go to choq.com, get the male vitality stack. It's everything you need. And use the promo code JESSE so you don't spend all that money. It's 30% off. 30% off with the promo code JESSE. choq.com, promo code JESSE. All right, without further ado. And now... Here's a headline. Go, you know the, you know the thing. Headlines we didn't get to. Study how the networks buried one year of Biden's disasters, failures, and controversies. Consider this right now. Joe Biden's hovering in the 30s on job approval rating. That's with a unified American press running cover for him. What do those numbers look like if Joe Biden spends even a week 
getting covered the way Donald Trump did. Amazing to think about, right? Talk about the sky is green. Austria to start fines for the unvaccinated in March. Here's just a reminder to you who live in red America. Sorry, I realize it's a national show, but red America, you live in the last free place on the planet. You live in the last free place on the planet. Remember all that time we've had to hear all that time we've had to hear about all these enlightened Europeans. Oh, they do it better over there. Yeah, they're locking people up already, going door to door. Not that they haven't done that before. F- headline: France requires tourists to hold vaccination passport to access certain activities and services. One thing that does fascinate me is this: a lot of these countries, these European countries. Tourism's a really, really big deal. It's a very big deal. Like you've heard me talk about New York City right here, how much I love and I can't visit it anymore because I'm not vaccinated. I used to go all the time. It was a second home for me practically. I wonder how this hurts places like France. I'm assuming a lot because remember, it's not just you who's unvaccinated or if you are, it's like half the planet. China's birth rate drops for a fifth straight year to a record low. Thank God. In Greece, unvaccinated people ages 60 and up now taste now face monthly fines. Oh, you noticing a pattern here at all? This might be the most devastating headline I've ever seen in my life. Price of orange juice on the rise amid forecasts of the smallest crop since 1945. Full disclosure, I don't drink a lot of pop or soda, but I would bathe in orange juice if I could afford it. I live and die for orange juice. I would drink a gallon of it a day. I drink it every single meal, but it's so expensive. We just buy the little half-gallon things, and then whenever I offer the boys orange juice for breakfast, I get out these two little mini glasses for them and then pour myself a big glass and drink it right in front of them. Headline, world's largest cast iron skillet travels down Tennessee Highway. I love cast iron. I'm a cast iron fan. The the world-famous Jesse Kelly burgers are oftentimes made in cast iron. Cleaning it is such a pain. And don't email me and say don't clean it. You still have to scoop the grease out and stuff like that and do something with it. It just, gosh, that's a lot of work. I feel bad watching the wife go through it. The Texas synagogue terrorist came out of a UK Islamist no-go zone. Yeah, by the way, this guy was known to MI5. It's weird. We're hunting down all those scary people in rhino horns from January 6th, and yet terrorists who were on MI5's watch list just waltz into America on a tourist visa and hold up a bunch of Jews in a synagogue. Why the great ammo shortage is a global problem now. Let's hope let's hope it's not as big of a problem as I'm worried it's about to be. Headline, Nancy Pelosi, we cannot confine our democracy to what might be bipartisanly possible. You know what? I respect the old bird for making up her own words because I make up my own words all the time. Why not? What is the point of what, Chris? What is the point of having this kind of power if you're not going to abuse it in ways it shouldn't be abused? Otherwise, it's just useless. Father who killed pedophile for abusing six-year-old daughter escapes murder charges. Let us know if he needs any bail money. Israel study. Fourth vaccine shows limited results with Omicron. Look, I said it earlier today. I'll say it again. By the time this is done, you people are going to have more shots than Sonny Corleone. It's finally time to accept that. I mean, maybe it's not working. 
Warriors owner Chamath Parvavava, I can't say that name, said nobody cares about the Uyghur genocide in China. I talked about this earlier. I'll say it again. It is a huge deal that the cultural leaders of this country don't care about this country and don't care about the things our enemy does. Has China, has China bought the whole country? I mean, we already know they bought the universities. They clearly bought sports leagues like the NBA. We know they make one phone call to Hollywood producers and boom, that scene gets deleted. They don't want in there. I don't think you and I want to know who's buying Hunter Biden's crappy art. Do they own the entire country already? Gosh, that is disheartening if they do. The Michigan Democratic Party went full. Parents shouldn't tell schools what to teach on Facebook, and then they deleted the post. Um, Remember this. This is not new. This is a basis for communism. Remember, Lenin was in charge of the very first communist nation, the Soviet Union. Lenin is famous for talking about the youth. Just give me four years. Just give me some time with our youth. America's communists are no different. America's communists, don't get me wrong, they've really enjoyed all these years where you didn't really realize they were teaching your kids to hate you and hate the country and hate themselves. They've enjoyed you not knowing. But now that you know, they don't, they don't have some plan to stop. They're not going to stop. What, 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 wait, you don't think we're going to let you teach your children, right? No, no, no. We're going to teach them that America is only slavery and civil rights and the slaughter of Native Americans, and then we'll send them off to college, which is communist finishing school, and we'll allow you, the parent, to be horrified when your 22-year-old comes home and hates your guts. Parents got loud in Loudon. School board will finally remove the explicit books from the libraries. Now, this is a family show, so I am not going to expand on the things that were in those books, but it was horrific. Just let it be known, parents. Stay on these school boards. Don't let this be a fad. These people very much want your kids corrupted and wrong and doing everything against the values you've taught them. Keep on these communists, all right? All right. Now, pick your chin up. We have the great James Lindsay on the show tomorrow. He's going to break down some history with Mao and communism and how it relates to critical race theory today. Buckle up for that. That's all. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., 
We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.